listening to the sermon podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about 20 minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit BrockportFirstBaptist.org. So as we uh, continue our journey through the Song of Songs, this week's reading will be from chapter 8, verses 6 to 7. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is strong as death, passion fierce as the grave. Its flashes are flashes of fire, a raging flame. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. If one offered for love all the wealth of one's house, it would be utterly scorned. The word of God for the people of God. And thank you, Kerr, for that reading. Good morning, everybody. What an awesome service so far, huh? Yeah. Between, between the baptisms and the kids, uh, and there's cake after church. We should do this. We should do this every week. We should do it every week this week. Cake, yes. <clears throat> so um, it is Palm Sunday, and Morgan, I think I'm a little loud. If you want to bring me down a little bit in the, in the uh, audio, thanks. Is that good? Can you guys hear me, or is that way too low? That's good. Sweet. All right. Thank you. So uh, it's Palm Sunday, uh, and Palm Sunday is one of those holidays as a pastor where there's some flexibility on the preaching front. Uh, Like, I could uh, talk about Palm Sunday, that famous story where Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, Uh, everyone is waving palm branches and shouting, Hosanna, we could could do that. Um, But Palm Sunday is not quite on the same level as holidays like Christmas and Easter, where, like, you have to talk about the story. Like, if you guys came back next Sunday and I didn't talk about the resurrection, that would be bad, right? (laughs) Yeah, you and we might have an uprising on our hands. Um... But there's flexibility today. And uh, for just over a month, we have been in the Song of Songs, this collection of um, sometimes awkward, sometimes explicit, uh, romantic love poetry that we find right in the middle of our Bibles. And we've touched on this idea a bit over the last few weeks, but one of the traditional ways that Christians have historically interpreted this very awkward book is as a metaphor between Jesus and the church where Jesus is the groom, uh, the male lover of Song of Songs, and the church is the bride. And I know the metaphor doesn't quite hold, it doesn't quite work, but like with Jesus riding into Jerusalem, kind of like a bride coming down the aisle, right, and every, all the pomp and circumstance and the singing, um, I thought that this might be uh, an appropriate day to wrap up Song of Songs by talking about this idea of being the bride of Christ. What does it look like practically, and what does it mean in our Bibles uh, when it says that the church is the bride of Christ? You can go ahead, one more slide up there. Perfect. We find this bride of Christ language all over the New Testament. Um, At various points in the Gospels, Jesus calls himself the bridegroom, uh, with the implication being that we, his followers, are the bride. Uh, In the very last book of the Bible, Revelation, you get this climax of uh, the wedding of the Lamb. It's in Revelation 21. It's this very uh, symbolic, poetic uh, depiction of Jesus returning to earth as a groom, and his people are dressed up, adorned like a bride. 
Um, Paul, the apostle, also uses this metaphor at various points in his writings, most notably in the book of Ephesians, where Paul compares husbands and wives to Jesus and the church. We find this line, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So it's this idea, this metaphor in the Bible, that uh, Jesus is the groom and we are the bride. Now, I'm going to be the first one to admit this metaphor, uh, in addition to being super heteronormative, uh, is, is a little creepy. Right? Any, anyone else like just a little creeped out by this? I hope it's not just me. A few of you. Some of the kids. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> um, like, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't think of myself as the bride of Christ. That's not, that's not the language. That's not the image that comes to my head when I think about this. Um, and I was reminded of just how creepy this metaphor can be when I had to find a picture for the front of today's bulletin. Um, so I like the bulletins to be pretty. Uh, it's, one of my, it's one of my many quirks. Uh, you can ask Pastor Elisha. We work every week on these, and I put way too much energy into making them pretty. Um, and most weeks I go on Google Image Search to try to find a picture that corresponds in some way either to the season of the year that we're in, the church calendar, or to the sermon. Um, and so I went on Google Image Search this, uh, a couple weeks ago, and I searched for Bride of Christ, and the internet did not disappoint you guys. Um, <clears throat> now, this is going to be rough for the people over here. You're going to have to crane your necks, and I know there's a glare. I'm very sorry. Um, but just when they laugh, know it's funny. And, okay. um, the first image I found was this one. It's a, it's a very literal depiction of the wedding of the Lamb in Revelation. You've got, like, lion and lamb statues, a bride coming down the aisle. There's a lot of white people for some reason. Um, <laughs> In fact, the, the entire image uh, is a little white for my taste, uh, hashtag racism. Um, so I don't, know, I don't know what's going on with that, but that's the first one. Then I found this one. <laughs> this looks like something out of a bad, like, Christian romantic comedy, right? Um, it's, like, it's like equal parts adorable and terrifying. Um, I will say, though, uh, Jesus pulls off that velvet blazer quite well. Um, this next one just looks like a lady who's about to be eaten. I don't know. <laughs> I, think the, I think the lion is supposed to be Jesus, but that lion is totally going to eat that woman. Uh, <laughs> so run. Um, and then the last one, probably my favorite, uh, was this one, which is just a mess. Um, you've got this super Anglo Jesus with a crown and a woman. Those are faces all over her wedding dress. I think you'll all agree she's found the bridal look of the year. Um, all that to say we went with a baptism picture for this Sunday, um, and I think you'll agree we made the right decision. Let's refocus. Take a breath. Um, get rid of that awful picture. Oh, good. It's gone already. And there we go, the question before us. What does it mean to be the bride of Christ? Creepy or not, this is a metaphor that the Bible uses um, for followers of Jesus. So what does it mean? What does it mean for us collectively to be the bride of Christ? I've been reflecting on this question for a couple weeks now, uh, and I want to make three points. They're not the only points, but it's kind of what, what I came to. Uh, three ways that I understand sort of all of us collectively as the church working as the bride of Christ. And the first is that as the bride of Christ... We are united with Jesus in love. As the bride of Christ, we are united with Jesus in love. This is what it's all about, you guys. If you remember nothing else from this sermon, 
Uh, remember the creepy pictures. <laughs> and then remember this point. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. The most fundamental belief of the church is that God is love. God demonstrated that love by sending Jesus, who willingly endured the cross, to set us free from sin and death. That's the whole story of this week, right, of Holy Week. That's what we're going to be remembering together uh, in a few minutes when we take communion. Um, That's what we're going to be reenacting, participating in uh, this week at Illuminations. Come out to the church uh, Thursday night or Friday afternoon. This whole sanctuary is going to be transformed into a dynamic, interactive retelling um, of Jesus' journey to the cross. It's going to be amazing. God is love. Simple, but powerful. For those of you who are baptized today, Know that God's fundamental posture toward you is love, period. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks. You might encounter uh, encounter rejection in this life. You might encounter uh, hatred, fear, betrayal, negativity. Don't let any of that define you. None of that counts for anything next to the love of Christ, and nothing can take that love away. That's the sentiment uh, of our reading today from Song of Songs, a powerful passage, a good bit of poetry, love poetry. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is strong as death, passion fierce as the grave. Its flashes are flashes of fire, a raging flame. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. I'm going to tell you right now, and you can keep the passage up there for a minute. I'm going to tell you right now that is not always true of romantic love. Like, I know the context of this is all this romantic love poetry, and that's really pretty and stuff. Um, But I have experienced romantic love before, and I've also felt the feeling when that love fades. Not for my wife, of course. I'm more in love with Aaron than ever. But... I think we've all had that experience where you fall in love and you fall out of love. Romantic love can be fleeting. It doesn't always last forever. Sometimes it does get quenched. And that's where the love of Jesus is so much more powerful. Nothing can snuff that out. Nothing can quench or extinguish or end Christ's love for you. Set Christ as a seal upon your hearts and he will never lets you down. To be the bride of Christ is to be united with Jesus in love, and as the bride of Christ, we are also united with Jesus in covenant. That's our second point. We're united with Christ in covenant. We don't use uh, covenant language in our culture very often. It's kind of a foreign way to put things. When I hear the word covenant, I think of like a like a business deal or something, like a contract, which is about the furthest from love I could possibly get. Um, but there's covenantal language all over the Bible. Um, and when the Bible talks about covenant, it's usually talking about a marriage of sorts. A marriage is a covenant between two people, right, where they promise in public to love and cherish each other till death do us part. And the argument could be made that the Bible is the story of God looking for a bride, a spouse. God is looking for a people who will love him. 
people who will serve him, who will partner with him in the work of restoring the world. We see this language all over the Old Testament. Um, God makes a covenant with Noah. God makes a covenant with Abraham. God makes a covenant with the Israelites at Mount Sinai. How many people in here have seen the Ten Commandments? Charlton Heston, that, that, that wonderful three-and-a-half-hour-long movie that's going to be all over cable TV this week. Um, <laughs> If you watch the Ten Commandments, if you see it on TNT, if that's still a thing, uh, this week or whatever, um, or better yet, uh, if you read it from the book of Exodus yourself, save yourself about three hours that way, um, pay attention to the Mount Sinai part, because it's a wedding. God leads the people out of slavery in Egypt, and then at Mount Sinai, Moses basically acts as the officiant in a wedding between God and Israel right? If you don't believe me, all right, see if this sounds familiar. Do you, Israel, promise to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Do you promise to have no other gods before him, forsaking all others to love only him? Do you promise to represent him, to partner with him in the world? Do you promise to stand by God in good times and bad? Sickness and health. The Ten Commandments are a set of wedding vows, you guys. It's a, it's a marriage. God is looking for a people to covenant with. In a few minutes, we're going to be celebrating communion, which is when Jesus formed a new covenant with us through his blood. For those who are baptized today, And for everyone in this room who claim the name of Jesus, when you call yourself a Christian, you are wedding yourself to Christ. You're taking on that name. You're pledging to follow him, to learn his teachings, to do the best of your ability to follow in his ways. We represent Jesus to the world. Be a good representative, especially at a time when there are so many bad representatives, right? When so many people wear Christ like a badge of power to lord over others, be a different kind of Christian. Being Christian doesn't mean having the right enemies. It doesn't mean hating the right people. It doesn't mean voting in the right way. Be a Jesus kind of Christian. The kind of Christian who stands with those at the margins. I'm thinking of trans kids. Uh, immigrants, religious minorities, anyone fighting for their right to exist, stand with them. Don't bully them or push them out. Be the kind of Christian who strives to love your neighbors and especially your enemies. This one is hard. Be the kind of Christian, especially in our culture, who turns away from violence. Followers of Jesus don't reach for a gun to defend their lives. We reach for a cross to lay our lives down because that's what Jesus did, and that's the name we claim. We tracking with this? It's kind of making sense? Good. I'm seeing nodding. That's good. That's what it looks like to covenant with Christ, to take on that name and represent it well. Last point I want to make today, because there's cake coming, so, you know. <clears throat> As the bride of Christ, we are united with Jesus in mission. This is one we take really seriously in our church. In fact, um, we're going to put the mission statement up on the slides. I know folks over here won't be able to see it. I'll read it, though. Uh, The mission of Brockport First Baptist 
is to embody God's love beyond the walls of the church in Brockport and beyond. Embody God's love beyond the walls of the church in Brockport and beyond. It's on our website. We print it every week on the back of the bulletins. It's who we are. The good news, the gospel, in a nutshell, is that God is in the business of putting the world back together. God is redeeming the world through Christ, and we are invited to participate. We're invited to join in that work, to partner with God in making all things new. There's a lot of ways to get involved in that work here at our church. Uh, You might help out with the gathering table where we give a free meal to folks in our community who need food. You can volunteer with the teen closet, which took, it was over 100 prom dresses, right, to the high school. 140, that is over 100. 140 prom dresses to the high school this week so that kids who didn't have a dress for prom get to go to prom. You can help in our children's ministry on Sunday mornings. All this madness that was going on up here. Um, but you can help us as a church partner with parents to help their kids meet and fall in love with Jesus. You can come to a class or a small group where we wrestle with the Bible together and support each other in our faith and discipleship. You can show up at special events like the Arts Fest or the Holiday Light Parade or the Pride Parade where we come out to share the love of Jesus with our community. You could start a new ministry, um, Just Desserts, uh, which is our quarterly conversation here at the church around issues of justice. That didn't exist a year ago. It was started by a handful of new members, people who were very new to our church, um, who were passionate about justice and desserts. And you bring those together and you have just desserts. Um, And they took that passion and they put it to work here at our church for the glory of God. To the folks who are baptized today, and to uh, those who are joining our church a little bit later in the service, and to every single person in this room, Get plugged in at our church. Get connected here at Brockport First Baptist. The Sunday morning thing is not the main event. There's more going on. There's work being done out there. Get plugged in. Bring your gifts, your passions, your energies to our church and put them to work toward that mission of partnering with God in restoring the world. That's what the love of God looks like in action. That's what I believe it means to be the bride of Christ. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for partnering with us, for standing by us through all the ups and downs of life. And God, thank you for inviting us to be your partners in the work of restoring the world, for inviting us to follow you, to do life with you, We love you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with us on Facebook at Brockport First Baptist, on Twitter at BrockportFB, and on our website, BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. This has been a production of Brockport First Baptist.